From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 511, for the week of October 18th, 2015. The Design Plug Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan a perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Willie, and Michael Bowling. And in this segment, Mary Jo continues her day six drive around the beaches of Southern California. Where are we going today, Mary Jo? <laughs> well, the, we last left off in San Pedro. Um, okay. I call it San Pedro, but the people there call it San Pedro, so I'll, res- I'll respect the natives. Yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> and so we hit the western... They're not really the natives, but you know. Yeah, the semi-natives. <laughs> the recent natives. So um, <laughs> nice. we, we went to the western beaches, curved around the Palos Verdes Peninsula, and now we're going mm-hmm. to the... Western beaches. So in this segment, we're going to cross the Los Angeles Harbor from San Pedro to Long Beach and we'll visit, we'll begin our visit to the South Beaches. And this is going to um, be more than this one segment because there's just too much to talk about. Okay, cool. So in my last segment on July 27th, we visited the West Face, like I said, the West Facing Beaches. Um, So when I say South Facing Beaches, it's not really like Santa Barbara where you truly are facing south. These are more like southwest. You can still see the sunset from them. Um, But definitely because of the peninsula, they're facing more south. Okay. So we are at the west end of the Vincent Thomas Bridge, which Nancy, Nancy confirmed opened in 1963. And I remember going on the ferry across the harbor and that closed in 1963. So I was kind of surprised to learn that I do have a memory that young that still stands out in my mind because I could have sworn that I couldn't remember anything past four years old. So, but I definitely remember taking the ferry from San Pedro across to Terminal Island and then to Long Beach. Why my parents wanted to do that, I don't know. Um, But before we cross the bridge, I'd be a little remiss if I didn't mention the San Pedro cruise ship dock, which I didn't last time. So for those of you who remember the Love Boat series back in the 1970s, this is where the Princess Cruise would depart from on its way to Mexico and other ports of call. And for us Disney fans, this was the initial port that the Magic sailed into back in 2005 on its first crossing out of the uh, Panama Canal. Uh And I was actually there on that day, and I have shots of the ship coming in, uh, way in the distance, coming in close getting closer and closer to the harbor, going through the breakwater. And then I rushed down to the <laughs> ports of call area so I could film the ship. Actually, I think I, what I did is I was racing uh, within speed limits, of course, of uh, course, to vantage points so I could take pictures of the magic at different areas as it came into San Pedro. And I just remember this beautiful sunrise and, and everything. Um, and it was a kind of a big celebration coming in there and, and, it was a little bit before 5 a.m. that it came into San Pedro. So that was kind of a fun experience. And I, there were some other Dizzers there that we looked at each other and we're like, are you from the Diz? We were all looking for lime green Mickey heads. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we did. I, I met some there. So it was kind of cool. And the Disney ships, um, many of you know, they've moved to Long Beach now. Um, 
but still the Carnival Princess and some of the other ships, as well as the Catalina Express that takes you to Catalina Island, um, are there at the the port, and it's called the World Cruise Ship Port, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned the Catalina Express on the day six Catalina show that I did with Sherry, um, who's my co-moderator on the Disneyland board and the resident expert on Catalina Island. And it was due to her thread on the boards that I learned about the free birthday trip. But then I digress. Listen to that show. Uh, the Vincent Thomas Bridge, it's easy to get to from the LAX airport. And it makes a really nice scenic tour to the Disneyland Resort. And you can hear about that on the Day 6 segment that aired on February 1st, 2013. It's already been a couple of years. And you take the 405 freeway. Dang, you've been around that long. I know, right? I couldn't believe it. I was tracking all my segments today. And I, I, I was like, I didn't know I was, I recorded way back then. So, um, so it's not that it just seems that it's been like, I've been on here a long time. I really have been on here a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so you take the 405, which is also the San Diego freeway South. And she's still driving. <laughs> and I'm still, yeah. <laughs> I was driving. I you're so you, silly. I, I love to explore my backyard sometimes over and over again. It's, we have a lot of neat things in this area. Um, but you take the 405 to the 110, which we call the Harbor. And you, so you take the 405 south to the 110 south. You take the off-ramp that goes over the Vincent Thomas Bridge. And note that um, if you do that now, you're going to see this big, um, it's called the Great Pumpkin at the Conical Refinery. It's a huge drum that they paint orange, and it's a huge jack-o'-lantern that they do it this season, and they've been doing it since the 70s. And I saw it today. So um, even with the, with the walls that they put on all these uh, freeways and stuff, you can see the Great Pumpkin. You won't see Charlie Brown, but you will see that. And you'll also get a nice view of the L.A. Harbor from that vantage point. Um, though um, I highly recommend it if you're the driver, you don't do too much of the looking. But there's a lot going on around there. And so here's a little bit about the bridge itself. The Vincent Thomas Bridge stands out as it's a big green suspension bridge. In fact, it was the first welded suspension bridge in the U.S. And today it's the fourth longest after the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge. The Carquinez Bridge, which is in Vallejo, and the Golden Gate Bridge. And it's the only bridge in the world supported entirely on piles. So it's a pretty significant bridge. It was named after a San Pedro assemblyman who was a strong proponent for building it. And when the bridge first opened, it cost it used to cost us 25 cents each way to cross. And in 19, and there were no toll, other than that, you know, there wasn't uh, cameras that made you pay all this money regardless. But you had to throw your little quarter in. In 1983, the bridge was considered to be half paid. And so going west to east was free. And then going east to west. So going from San Pedro to Long Beach was free. But to go from Long Beach to San Pedro, you had to pay a quarter. No, I'm sorry, 50 cents. And, um, and I remembered when all that happened, when it came out in the newspapers. In 2000, the bridge was completely paid for and the toll was repealed. So we don't pay for that bridge any longer. We can go free both ways. So um, back in those days also when it was half, you'd only have to pay when you went from Long Beach to San Pedro. We would go the roundabout way back home because we wanted to save the 50 cents. <laughs> so it kind of tells you how frugal my family was back in those days. You know, 50 cents was a lot to us. So um, the bridge is, you know, it has come out in different films. It's been, it came out in Top Gun, Gone in 60 Seconds. It's been in Charlie's Angels and in the 1985 movie To Live and Die in L.A., 
uh, Robert De Niro mentions the bridge in the movie Heat, where he mistakenly calls it the Vincent St. Thomas Bridge, which I think is a misnomer that many make, because I call it that too sometimes, and I had to look it up to say it's not the Vincent St. Thomas Bridge. So I don't know why we think it's holy, but it isn't. It's just the Vincent Thomas Bridge. And it was uh, regarded, it's named after, um, um, he was the senator, like I said, and maybe we think it's a saint because he was held in such high regard, but he's still not a saint. So it's just the Vincent Thomas Bridge. So when you go over the bridge, we see the Port of Los Angeles. And I explained last week about the Port of Los Angeles and the significance. Um, this was discovered back on October 8th, 1542 by Juan Rodriguez Cabrillo, hence the name Cabrillo Beach. And he called this the Bahia de los Fumos or Bay of Smokes. So we would think that even then L.A. was known for its smog. But really, it was because of some of the smoke in the nearby hills that um, Native American hunters were with their campfires had. And so he, I guess there was a lot of smoke, and he called it that. Commercialism began in the mid-1800s. So if you read two years before the Mass, I always recommend this book because it tells about our coastal history in Southern California. Have any of you ever read Two Years Before the Mast? A long time ago. Yeah, I think I, think I read it when I was school. in middle school or something, <laughs> but it's... I highly recommend this book to understand some of the culture of Southern California. And when I drive on these places that I'm telling you about, I always think of that story and how they talked about how, what life was like back in those days and how it's evolved to what it is today. So it's pretty cool. In the early 1900s, they began dredging and widening the channel, and they built a breakwater that allowed bigger ships to dock in the harbor. And during World War II, this area was dedicated uh, purely to ship, shipbuilding as well as maintenance and repair of ships with over 90,000 workers employed. After World War II, focus turned back to improving the port for commercialism. Today, the port is the number one port by container volume and cargo value in the United States, and now over 900,000 jobs there. Um, it's not really pretty when you go over it, but you certainly can see how busy the port is when you're going uh, over the bridge. Um, there's also a nice little park in the area that connects downtown San Pedro to the LA waterfront where you can watch freighters, cruise ships, and private boats on a daily basis. It's pretty busy. As you cross the Vincent Thomas Bridge over the LA Harbor, you come down on Terminal Island, which is um, basically an artificial island. There was a small island there, and they just built it out. And like I said, there really isn't too much to see here, but I will tell you that there is a large prison that holds over 1,000 inmates. Did you guys know that there was a prison, Terminal Island Prison? Have you ever heard of it? Um, it's considered a low-security federal corrections institution. And as a side note, some of the more infamous or noteworthy uh, inmates there were um, Al Capone was there. He spent the last few months of his 10-year sentence in the late 1930s. Remember, he was caught for tax evasion, you know, the small thing. Uh, the that was LA, before he went to the Rock. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. He was there, and then they sent him to uh, to Alcatraz. The L.A. gangster Mickey Cohn was also there. Charles Manson, in his early crime days, was there quite a few times. Uh, Sarah Jane Moore was there. She tried to kill President Ford. And Larry Flint from um, The Hustler fame, he was incarcerated there, as well as John DeLorean for drug charges. It's now uh, just a, ma a man... Uh, prison for men the women just got too crowded so they kicked the women out and it's just the guys 
So in this area, there also was a large naval shipyard that was pretty busy, but it was closed in 1997. And I don't know if you guys remember that, how big that naval shipyard was here in Long Beach. Um, oh, yeah. I, I remember it was enormous. Yeah, it was huge. And a, a few of my cousins, you know, we're from El Paso, Texas, and you have, I always tell my dad it's just brown there. Sorry, sorry. I love El Paso, but really it's just brown. So a lot of my cousins uh, came out and joined the Navy so that they could see water and stuff. And so they served there. And we used to go pick them up all the time. And so we, I got to see the, the – we used to go visit the base and stuff when I was young, a lot younger. Um, since they closed the shipyard, the uh, Costco, which is, a chi- which is the China Ocean Shipping Company, tried to lease it. But the United States turned them down, and it's now leased by the Hanjin Shipping Company, which is a South Korean firm. They've been there um, for a long time. So when they took it over, 38 ships were redeployed, and over 17,000 jobs were lost in the area. So it was pretty depressed in Long Beach at that time. And I don't want to say because of the Navy, but as I was saying earlier before we started recording, there were it was kind of seedy in Long Beach. It, there were a lot of tattoo parlors. You really didn't want to go down there. And the city uh, council got with some of these companies. There's a lot of oil companies that I'll explain a little bit about. They um, really worked with them to build it up. So it's so. Was that around the time when Disney was thinking of coming in? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Okay. We'll we'll get there. (laughs) Um, So continuing to remember right now, we're still in Terminal Island on the uh, south side of it. And continuing to Long Beach, we have one more big bridge to cross, and this is called the Gerald Desmond Bridge. And luckily on this route, we don't have to take the nearby Commodore Schuler F. Heim Bridge, which is a drawbridge. And if you look to the right, you can see the two drawbridges. There's one for the railway that takes the cargo, and then there's one for cars. And I remember going over that bridge when I was little, and I used to hide on the floor of the car because I was was sure we were going to fall to the bottom of the ocean when we went over it. So... (laughs) Nothing could convince me otherwise, but um, they've uh, since then they've created another bridge that goes high that's used today to um, to go north to get out of the harbor area if you don't want to go over the big bridges. And the Gerald Desmond Bridge is currently in the process of being replaced. Construction will end and the new bridge will open in 2018. So if you go over it now, you're going to see a lot of construction in the area. And right now there's not really um traffic jams or anything but i expect as as we go on at the end of 2016 and 2017 you're going to be seeing uh some evidence or or you'll be impacted um so after this short drive even though i've been talking this drive from san pedro to long beach really is just is pretty short across the two bridges on the seaside freeway we come to long beach in the san pedro bay And Long Beach is the 36th largest city, and it's known for its very long expanse of uninterrupted sandy beach. It's about five and a half miles long. It's really, really nice. If you want to work out and go running on the beach, this would be a beach to do this on. So Long Beach extends from Terminal Island that we just crossed all the way down to Belmont Shores in the Alamitos Bay area. This is the second largest city in the county of Los Angeles and the second busiest container park and one of the world's largest shipping ports. So when you go over here, 
You don't think you're going to go like to Hawaii where all you see is beautiful ocean. When you go to the beach here, you're going to see a lot of freighters. You're going to see a lot of activity happening because of all the commercialism that's happening over here. There's also a large oil industry as evidenced by the oil wells that you might come across and the offshore islands that hold drilling rigs. The oil companies have built up these islands around the oil rigs so that they actually look pretty, especially at night when they're lit up. Downtown Long Beach is located slightly over 20 miles from downtown Los Angeles, a little over 20 miles from the LAX airport, and a little over 25 miles from the Disneyland Resort. And it's easily accessed via the 405 freeway to the 710 South or over the Vincent Thomas Bridge that we just talked about. Long Beach was originally inhabited by the Tongva people. And you hear me talk about them um, in several of the, uh, the segments that when I talk about Los Angeles and the settlements that were in this area. Unfortunately, there aren't any pure, pure um, Tongva Native Americans left. So when the Spanish came, the area was divided between a couple of ranches or ranchos in those days. And in 1843, Jonathan Temple bought Rancho Cerritos and he built the Los Cerritos Rancho, uh, excuse me, the Los Cerritos Ranch House, which is an adobe house that still stands today and is a National Historic Landmark in Long Beach. And at one time, Temple was the richest person in Los Angeles County. So now we know where Temple Street comes from, downtown L.A. His home was important during the Mexican-American War, and in 1866, he sold his ranch to the Flint Brothers and the Llewellyn Bixby. And the Bixby Brothers and companies, now we know where Bixby Knowles comes from, which is a kind of a popular neighborhood in Long Beach. They were also partners with James Irvine, and so now we know where Irvine comes from, and these property and these property owners. He, um, James Irvine, owned three ranches in the area that makes up Irvine today. Originally, this city was named Wilmore City, but because of its wide beaches, it was renamed Long Beach in 1888, and eventually, the city of Long Beach was incorporated in 1897. So it's been around for, you know. U.S. In, in the West Coast terms quite a while. The town grew and people flocked to Long Beach. The most famous beachside amusement zone at the time was built in 1902 and it lasted until 1969. And folks, what was the name of this place? Famous beachside amusement zone? Uh, Paradise Pier? Long Beach Pier? <laughs> no, the Pike. So, oh, Pike. You know, I almost said okay. that. Yep. So the Pike was, was in Long Beach. Um, and I remember going there when I was a kid, too, and going to the fun houses and everything. And if you go to Long Beach today where the famous wooden roller coaster was, there's a, over the street, there's like this design of a roller coaster over it. And that's where the Pike used to stand, over by the aquarium. So what 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 was the demise of the pike? What what happened? Um, they just it was it wasn't it was run down. Maybe the management it. Long Beach itself was getting like I said, kind of seedy with the naval yards, etc. Happening over there, and more people started going to Disneyland. Oh, okay. So you figure. You know, it just wasn't when we went, it really, I remember it not being really crowded. It wasn't the cleanest place, you know, and it's, but in his heyday, it was wonderful. 
You know, it offered food, games, rides, and a lot of people used to go. In 1921, oil was discovered in an area called Signal Hill, which you can see from the 405 freeway when you're driving uh, from Disneyland towards Long Beach or even LAX. And Long Beach had the most productive oil field in the world in those days. More oil was discovered, leading Long Beach to be known in the 1930s as an oil town. And in 1933, did you guys know that there was this huge earthquake? Yes. Okay, so the Long Beach earthquake, yeah, it was a 6.4. So about 120 people died. A lot of buildings were destroyed. And um, in my last beach segment, I talked about Royal Palms Beach. There's evidence of... uh, the hotel that used to be there at the waterside that's now it's just the foundations are there and those buildings were never rebuilt prior to also prior to world war ii there was a large japanese american population who worked in the many fish canneries that were on terminal island they owned many small produce farms in the area and these families were forced to leave and were put in internment camps after the war the majority of them did not return so we didn't get back the japanese community Although today there's still um, a Japanese community center and Japanese uh, Buddhist church that are still in use. And I did mention the Naval Yards a few times. And for a time, Long Beach was teeming with sailors that came into town. The oil companies were charged with aesthetically changing their offshore rigging so as not to look ugly from the shore. And so they built the astronaut islands named after the astronauts who lost their lives. Um, The closest island is Grissom there's a uh, island white island Chaffee mm-hmm. and then there's island Freeman for the astronaut who passed away um, while piloting a T-38 uh, Talon jet for NASA and these were built in 1965 and they are the only decorated oil islands in the U.S. and they're run by a conglomerate that includes Texaco Humble which is now Exxon Union Mobile and Shell Oils the rocks that they use to create these islands came from Catalina Island and if you go and you see them, the landscaping is so pretty. And they even have waterfalls on these islands and this tall building on one of them. And a lot of people, it's so pretty. People think they're resort islands and they want to go stay at that hotel. <laughs> but, but it's that, that quote unquote hotel is just a beautiful, is a huge building that's covering an oil rig. So they're, they're fenced so that you can't go to them. And if you do go to them, it's against the law. But you see a lot of boats that that will go up and and check them out. So in 1967, another event happened in Long Beach. Can anybody guess what happened? 1967? The last voyage of... The Queen Mary. The Queen Mary. Uh And she was once the grandest ocean liner ever built. I think we know that. And today I was driving over there and I saw this huge carnival cruise ship next to her. And she looked like an old grandmother next to the carnival cruise ship. It was just so funny to see this. She, when you see the queen Mary by itself, she's huge. But when you see her next to the modern ships, she doesn't look as big as she was. But at one time she was the largest ship in the world. And if you go visit her, it's, it's, it's truly grand. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, My family and I used to go visit the queen Mary couple of times a year when we would go there and we used to go there were shops there we could go explore the different decks it was really beautiful 
And did you guys know that the Poseidon Adventure was filmed on the Queen Mary, the original one, back in 75, I think? I'd heard that, yeah. Yeah. they. I remember one of the exercise scenes is, is out there, but also they use the engine room. And um, speaking of the engine room, this is considered one of the most haunted locations in the United States. There are yep. tours today to go over um, these these sites. And over the years, pe- many people have reported seeing spirits in various areas of the ship. They've reported there's swimming pools that are dry now, but they report seeing wet footprints over there. So, and other things that happen. I think there's a total of 40 something people that passed away or, you know, died or were killed in the ship. And so people are convinced that they, their uh, spirits still haunt. So, despite that, the Queen Mary is a popular floating hotel. And it has a beautiful restaurant there, too. If you notice that, we'll come back to that. If you notice that big dome building near the Queen Mary that once housed the Spruce Goose, which is a wooden airplane built by Howard Hughes and flown across the L.A. Harbor, um, which he flew just to prove that he could fly it because people told him that he couldn't fly it. And it was kept in flying condition until he passed away in 1976, I think. In 1980... It joined the Queen Mary in Long Beach, and it remained there until the Walt Disney Company bought the real estate uh, for the Queen Mary and the Spruce Goose in preparation of Port Disney, which was this huge plan they had to redevelop the area. Um, Since they didn't need or want the Spruce Goose, it was given to the Evergreen Aviation Museum in Mackinville, Oregon. So we can thank the Disney Company for getting rid of the Spruce Goose because of this huge plan that they had. It arrived in Oregon in 1993 after 138 days of travel. The dome currently is used by Carnival Cruise Lines and Port Disney never came to be as we know. But for those interested, it was going to have a marine themed theme park, a marina, a cruise ship port, a specialty retail and entertainment area, hotel accommodations, plus the Queen Mary. Do you guys remember when all of that was in the news? Yeah, it was very dramatic. And a lot of people believe it was really a ploy by Disney to get Anaheim to make the concessions they needed to build Westcott and to build more resort hotels. And, and that they never truly intended to build Port Disney. But that's, they bought the property. That's a lot of yeah. money to invest. They must have had... Well, they both fell, right? Because Port Disney never happened and neither did um, Westcott. Yeah, Port, Port yeah. Disney happened in a fashion. It's called Tokyo Disney Sea. Very good. <laughs> Boy, you know you know your Disney, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the project was canceled in nineteen ninety one. You should do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but you're you're absolutely right. The components that they um, had imagined ended up in into Tokyo Disney Sea. And you, I just you tell us about that. Yeah, I just read an article this past week about the. Uh, the, air, the museum that houses the Spruce Goose is now in insolvency. They're having t- they're having financial problems. They're still carrying on as usual, but um, they're they're not too sure what's going to happen. To that them. would be a shame. Yeah, I kind of wish they would bring it back to LA just because Howard Hughes lived here. Mm-hmm. You know, he he and had all of his test flights and stuff in Culver City and. You know where where LAX is today and everything. So it'd be nice if they had some kind of um, air flight museum that could incorporate the Spruce Goose. Put it next to the Endeavor. Yeah, that would yeah, be something. That'd be perfect. 
Yeah, that, that, that you should do a podcast too, Tom. That's a good <laughs> <Yes>. idea. <laughs> So the Queen Mary, it's a fun place to visit. Back to the Queen Mary. It's a fun place to visit, um, especially right now during the Halloween season and during the holidays. You can tour the Queen Mary to see the permanent and temporary exhibits. Um, The temporary exhibit right now is Princess Diana. But even when they don't have those, there's a lot to see over there. Um, Note that some tours are not accessible friendly because you go up and down stairs. However, Ghosts and Legends is fully accessible. Another popular tour during the year is the Glory Days Historical Tour that includes facts, true stories, and other trivia as you walk through the Queen Mary decks. The more I read about this, the more I think we need to do a segment only on the Queen Mary. I think Tony's been wanting to do one. Okay. Who who suggested that a long time Was that time you, ago, Nancy? Because huh? I know I know Tony. That was me. Well, why haven't you why haven't you done it yet? That's a really cool place. Let's let's plan on doing that because it really is it is. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I I love walking around that oh, ship. Oh, yeah. And doing the self-guided tours. And then I've wanted to take, like, you know, a couple of the other ones. And, of course, we love going there for Sunday brunch. Yeah, it's it's really nice. They um, So have you... Sunday brunch is at which restaurant? The big one in the, the big ballroom. Is that the Sir Winston restaurant? Because the Sir Winston restaurant and lounge is up on top. And that one's a five-star yeah, no, dining one. Yeah, no, it's not Sir Winston's. It's the other one. Okay. Yeah, the big restaurant. So there's a lot of dining options. In the ballroom. Um, that would be neat to have brunch in the ballroom. That would be so pretty. Uh, oh, it is. It's gorgeous. With that big giant painting at the end of the room. Yeah. And the Sir Winston's restaurant and, like I, restaurant and lounge, like I said, is a five-star dining. And I've actually eaten over there. I had swordfish. It was delicious. So that's another um, option for people to go and, and dine someplace different over there at the Queen Mary and then for those who like a little extra excitement, they have um, Dining with the Spirits at Sir Winston's, which is followed by a late-night guided tour of the ship's paranormal, paranormal areas. Oh, how fun does that sound? <laughs> I'm a scaredy cat, so I, the not-scary farm doesn't bother me, but if there's something that's really there, I really don't want evidence of it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> You're okay with fake ghosts. I'm, afraid, I, ghosts. I'm, 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 a, I'm fine with fake ghosts that are 18 years old or so, but, you know... <laughs> but um, we're we're gonna just have to do a day six adventure there because there's so much to do. Yeah. Do they still have that little? It was like an international shopping area right outside that area. It was like where the ticket booths were and all that. There are some gift shops. Yeah, it's it's relatively new because Shoreline Village, which we're gonna talk next time. You have that, but right by the Queen Mary, like you said, Michael, there are shops. Um, there's a lot going on over there. Okay. Yeah. The, no, there's, there's, Long Beach is busy, but yeah. um, another attraction in Long Beach, which is right close to the, to the Queen Mary, is the Long Beach Aquarium, or the Aquarium of the Pacific, that I recently reviewed on our September 7th show this year. And like I said, there's so much more to Long Beach. We're really going to have to do another show to talk about it. So on the next six-day adventure, I'll continue exploring Long Beach, and I'll touch upon the annual Long Beach Auto Grand Prix, the Pike Area, the Blue Line, City... Although Nancy could probably tell us about the Blue Line in Long Beach. City Place... <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> City Place, which is a modern open-air shopping area, uh, shopping plaza. The popular dining spot on Pine Street with the many restaurants. The beautiful beach, the famous Wyland murals, museums, Bluff Park, Belmont Shores, riding the gondolas and other watercraft, kite surfing in Naples, 
which will take us to the Alamitos Bay Area. And if we have time, we may include the El Dorado Nature Center, the Earl Burns Miller Japanese Garden, or that might be phase three of our day six <laughs> segment. But like I said, Long, there's so much to do in Long yeah, Beach yeah. that I, I, driving over there, I just wonder why I don't spend more time. And like we said earlier, it's been built up, so it's really pretty. Really pretty. Excellent. Thank you, Mary Jo. Mm-hmm. That is going to do it for this segment of the Design Plug. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.